Yo, what is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is Scriptwriter Steve. You reach my podcast, Barbecue Two Movies. Today is June 18, 2021. In case you're listening, Joe, that's a Friday. Not a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's a Friday. And tomorrow is Juneteenth, June 19th, 2021. And this podcast is all about Juneteenth. And uh, I did some research about it. You know, to be honest, I never heard about this date ever in my entire life. I'm 44 years old. I never heard about it. Have you? Not until this whole George Floyd thing happened and suddenly everybody got a little bit more woke. And not woke in a good way. (laughs) By the way, this music, I thought it reminds me of Joe Biden because it sounds like nobody's home. When I I, uh, listen to this music, it sounds like nobody's home up there, right? And I think when I envision Joe Biden's brain, there's just a piano playing, nothing else but cobwebs up there. All right, I'm going to turn this music down and I'm going to get straight into it. By the way, guess what I've been doing? I was watching um, this really cool show on the Food TV Network called Barbecue Brawl. I've never watched it before. Apparently, I missed a whole season of it, season one. Um, but season two, I got myself into it. I was watching it. And, you know, it's not too bad. Uh, just to let you know, it's not real barbecue. You know, the the time limits out there that they're going to be bar- barbecuing on, it's a, it's a little too... It's a little too small to actually get really, really, really good barbecue. And it, it depends on where you go in, in the United States, you know, what they consider good barbecue. But for me, I am more of a Texas-style barbecue, even though I hear I live in Hawaii. And I believe that you should let the meat talk for itself and you should flavor with smoke. And a lot of your flavor uh, depends on how good of a pit master you are. And um, that pit master should know how to manage a fire really well and how to choose their wood very well. Um, and that in itself is an art. Um, you know, this barbecue brawl, they're just using every single spice out there, making, you know, plating is really important, uh, you know, and, and doing real fancy things like smoking a strawberry. Really? Smoking a strawberry. Never heard of that before. I don't think smoke and a strawberry would do very good together. But you know what? Maybe I'll try it. And you know, the funny thing about this is that, you know, they're all smoking it on these small offset cookers, uh, which is great because, again, I have a small offset cooker in the back of my place. And that's the way I do all of my barbecuing, too, until I get my commercial smoker, finally, which will cost up to 20 grand. Uh, it's going to be made out of a 500-gallon propane tank, um, and I can cook 20 briskets in it. But when you have your backyard smoker, you know, you have to be very, very careful on how you manage this fire because it could easily, uh, that temperature could easily drop on you, and uh, especially if you're burning just wood. And, uh, you know, to get the best smoke out of any type of uh, smoker, and we were including any type of offset smoker, any, any type of, why don't we just say any type of smoker, period. It's best to go full wood. And what I saw here um, at this barbecue brawl was that they weren't using wood at all, but charcoals. And uh, where is the fire management skills, uh, I guess, within uh, this barbecue contest? And I watched a lot of barbecue contests with Myron Mixon and everything like that. And again, nobody focuses on the fire management skills, which is what being a pit master is technically all about because you don't really season the meat too much, right? You know, um, you want to have, if you season the meat too much, you know, a lot of smoke won't go into the meat. Like, especially if you use a lot of, you know, granulated onion powder, granulated, you know, garlic or anything, paprika, all those things. If you use them too much, uh, you won't get a lot of smoke flavor that penetrates your meat. So you just want to really salt and pepper your meat for the most part and then let the smoke kind of flavor, flavor your meat. And then after that, then you add in all your barbecue sauce and you, then you can, you can kind of, you know, kind of baste your entire meat with barbecue sauce. But again, if you're doing this way too early, which a lot of them are doing with mops and everything like that, you know, it, it's, you're, you're tasting more barbecue sauce than you are tasting smoke. And that's why when you go to these, so-called barbecue places, you know, a lot of times they're just heavy on barbecue sauce and you really don't get to taste the smoke at all. You know, they may barbecue it in an offset, but what does it matter if you can't taste the smoke flavor, right? That's really it. So, you know, but other than that, it's a really cool show. Um, You know, 
you know, um, I missed it on live TV and I, and I, I couldn't find it on my direct TV on the, on the streaming. Uh, so what I did was I downloaded the, the food TV network app and then I watched it. I casted it to my TV, my, my TV. And, um, that's how I watched it. So if you missed it, it's called barbecue brawl and you can get it on your, I think the food TV network app. And then I'm not sure if you have to be a, uh, I guess you have to log in with your television provider, but I have direct TV. So I did, and I got all the shows for free. So, uh, but I'm not sure if you're not, if you, if you don't get food TV network and you don't, you can't log into your, I guess your cable provider. I'm not sure if you can get it, get that show. So I don't know, but it's a cool show. It's a really cool show. So I think I'll watch it to the end. Uh, it's different. It's a different type of cooking competition. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, there's no football on right now and the news kind of irritates me there. So, but I'm still keeping up with the news. Um, by the way, I hope you folks have been uh, tuning in to Fox News. You know, I know during the election time, things got a little heated. And, you know, when Tucker Carlson, he kind of called out Sidney Powell. And, uh, you know, and then everyone got kind of mad because, you know, Sidney Powell, it, it seemed as though, you know, she talked on behalf of us, right? As though she was leaking all of this information about, about um, Dominion, voter fraud and everything and et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what happened to that case. I don't know what happened to that Kraken that she was going to release. I know she released it. I read through it. Um, but after that, nothing happened, right? So I'm not sure, you know, what's going to happen if I – I know Dominion threatened to sue her, which is kind of a frivolous type of lawsuit. And I know for a fact there's something up with Dominion, all right? Whether or not Sidney Powell or – who was that other lawyer out there too? There was that other lawyer who was out there. I forgot his name. But there was another lawyer out there, which that my name will probably that name will probably pop in my head after I end this podcast. But you know, it, it was just and there was a lot of people, even Michael Flynn and everyone. You know, they all they all thought that Dominion did something really wrong. And the truth is, before this whole election, uh, you know, we're talking like Elizabeth Warren and I think her name was something Klobuchar or something like that. Um, another a lot of Democratic, uh, I guess. Um, uh, representatives and senators, they also thought that there was something up with Dominion and they were very, very much against, uh, these digital voting machines. And, um, they, they actually made a, a report saying how, how, uh, I guess, um, easily that these machines could get hacked into. Um, they're against it. They wanted to go back toward paper ballots. And I'm thinking, fine, go back toward paper ballots. I'm, f- I'm really fine with that because right now with these Dominion machines or any of the, these um, digital voting casting machines, I, I don't think I can trust them because data that is online, it can be manipulated over and over again. And, you know, if you're a very, very intelligent hacker or programmer, you won't know. They can, de- they can actually delete the log and you would never know that they modified it whatsoever. And, um, but anyway, I don't want to get in this, this whole podcast is not about election fraud or anything like that, but all I'm saying is that Tucker Carlson, I mean, he's been pretty much on the ball lately and, uh, I really do appreciate his point of view. Um, he explains himself well, he's a very good communicator and he, and he's a very good storyteller. Uh, you know, you, you may agree or disagree with them. Um, uh, sometimes I think he takes the storytelling a little bit too comical in a way. Um, uh, but what he has to say is not fake news. So he broke a pretty big story. Well, he actually didn't break, but, um, there was a, a report on revolver.news. I think that's their website. Hold on a really quick second here. Let me take a look here. Yeah. So their website is called revolver, like the gun, dot news. So, if you have the time, check this out. So if you go to that website, um, immediately, I'm, I'm going to that website right now. Um, you're, they're gonna, you're gonna find this article, this exclusive article, um, that, that is, was really well written. It's very, very long. So make sure you, uh, grab a cup of coffee or your favorite, you know, or your favorite drink, sit down on the couch and start, you know, dedicate about an hour or so to read through this entire article. But it's called, it's basically said, it's, no, I'm not saying here. The title of this article is called Unindicted Co-Conspirators in January 6th Cases Raises Disturbing Questions on Federal Foreknowledge. So what they're saying in this, um, in this piece was that these unindicted co-conspirators, what happened, 
And just to let you know that Tucker did talk about this during his show and his um, little preview clips about this show got pulled off on YouTube, right? They considered this fake news. But this is not fake news at all. In fact, a lot of the other pieces of the, a lot of other networks, you know, decided there's no news here, but there's something, there's something here, people. So, so get this. Um, so what is an unindicted co-conspirator of January 6th? So as you know, um, the FBI and the DOJ, they've been hunting down anyone who, I guess, what took part in the, in the January 6th so-called, quote-unquote, insurrection, right? And there are some people out there uh, on the right, conservatives. Now, it wasn't Antifa, right, to, to say. Um, there was maybe a few Antifa actors here and there, but there were people who were very much you know, um, who bought into the QAnon type of, um, I guess, uh, narrative. And then they decided to storm the Capitol in a very, very violent manner, right? And even then, with that being said, were they that violent? Now, these people who did do this, did storm the Capitol, break windows, and did get into there. The really interesting thing to know about this is that these quote-unquote insurrectionists who are also at the same time First Amendment, you know, fanatics, right? You know, and uh, I'm sorry, First Amendment fanatics and also Second Amendment fanatics. We're talking about, you know, free speech guys who just love to like spot off their mouth like myself. And then Second Amendment saying, hey, our our free speech is, you know, protected by our gun. And some of them did carry weapons there, but not one weapon was discharged. So that's very interesting too, right? Even though uh, um, a cop or maybe a Secret Service agent, whoever it is, or a Capitol Police officer murdered, flat out murdered Ashley Babbitt. No bullets from these, you know, QAnon guys or whatever you want to say, conservatives, it flew the other way. So these insurrectionists, who some of them were armed, did not even commit a violent act. The violent acts, the violent acts were committed against them, right? So what is an unindicted co-conspirator in these January 6th um, quote unquote insurrections? Well, a lot of these people here who we know, like, you know, the guy who has the horns and everything like that, and some other very, um, some other people there. I think there's one guy who was actually laying, I think, uh, uh, I, get, I, I guess, leaning back in Nancy Pelosi's chair and a lot of other people. They were all arrested and put into jail and they're held in solitary confinement right now. Uh, no one can see them and their loved ones can't see them and they're treated Worse than terrorists, okay, just to let you know, because the terrorists in Guantanamo Bay, they still have um, uh, time with other cellmates, okay? You know, only if they act very poorly, then are they sent into this um, solitary confinement. But even then, they have yard time and everything. But right now, these people, these insurrectionists who got arrested, they were, they're currently in solitary confinement, being held as these Men and women are some type of threat to America when they're actually not, okay? They may have been triggered individuals. They may have bought into a conspiracy theory. They may have broken windows and, again, stormed the Capitol. But here's the thing. Again, back to what I said. What are unindicted co-conspirators? Well, they're basically people who are on the ground with these people who got arrested doing the same crimes, exact same crimes. In fact, planning the crimes with them you know, but they're completely unindicted. No charges have been filed against them. The FBI is not even trying to look for them. You know, and how do we know they're actually unindicted co-conspirators? Because some of these people who gave their testimony on why they, you know, who they actually planned this with, well, named this other unindicted co-conspirator, they're, again, their partner, quote-unquote partner, who planned this insurrection. In fact, this unindicted co-conspirator Planned, planned this whole, this whole thing, told these other guys what to do. And then that person who planned everything is not indicted. Their FBI is not even trying to look for them. Isn't that kind of weird? And there's more than just one. In fact, there's quite a bit of these people. Now, why are there so many unindicted co-conspirators who are basically, you know, getting a free pass by the FBI? Now, some people are saying they're FBI informants, but right now we don't know. And even if they are FBI informants, say they are, what is the FBI, if they know for a fact that they're planning to storm the Capitol, why didn't the FBI try to stop them? And in fact, why were these informants helping to plan 
the them to storm the Capitol. Get this? So are you understanding what this means? They are either these unindebted co-conspirators, right, which are named in these affidavits or um, by these uh, guys who are in jail right now or in prison, in solitary confinement, so that person one or person two, I talked to person three, and all of those personalities, person one, two, and three, and many others who helped plan this are not in jail, and the FBI is, you know, not overturning every single rock in the entire United States trying to find them. Why? Because one, they could be an FBI informant, or two, they actually could be working for the FBI. Now, understand this. Now we're back up a little bit further. Do you remember that that Michigan governor, I forgot her name, Gretchen or Greta, or forgot, I got, I forgot her name. Let me Google her name really quick to get it correct. Michigan governor. I I don't want to murder her name. Gretchen Whitmer. That was her name. Gretchen Whitmer. Well, there was actually a threat to kidnap her one time. And the, the plan was to, you know, kidnap her at a vacation home. Well, get this. The original plan called for this um, group of uh, radical QAnon guys, right, to storm the Capitol there. Now that, and who was that plan hatched by? Another person won. Another person who was an unindicted informant, right? Now, that person also said, well, we can't, since all the plans started to fall apart there. Now, this person one, who's the FBI informant or FBI agent, is planning, you know, to, to uh, storm the Capitol in Michigan. And since nobody really wanted to storm the Capitol, he's, he, he then planned, well, why don't we go kidnap Gretchen Whitmer? And in fact, there were two other people who were also FBI informants or FBI agents who said, hey, yeah, sounds like a great idea. Now, there was five people who actually planned it. So about two out of the five people worked for the FBI, planning to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer. And the person who they pinned all of this stuff on was a homeless guy. Does that make any sense? There's, this doesn't make any sense. Not at all. Not at all. You know, we, I think in the beginning, we blamed Antifa for the January 6th riot for inciting a riot there. There could be something more sinister here, as though the FBI had their hands in it. Their FBI, I mean, does the deep state go this far to get Donald Trump out of office or to make or to ruin his political career? Are they that evil? I mean, now, this is something we have to ask ourselves. Are we screenwriting in a way, right? Is Tucker Carlson screenwriting, writing really good fiction that belongs in a book or a movie? Because this sounds very much movie-like, right? And it could be. So we have to make sure we double-check ourselves. But right now, it sounds kind of weird that you have people who committed the, um, the same crime as, as other um, insurrectionists, and, and even more, we're talking planning the crime, and... They're not arrested, <laughs> right? And if they're an FBI informant or they're an undercover FBI agent, it doesn't matter. The FBI most likely knew about this quote-unquote insurrection and they didn't do anything about it. Isn't their job to prevent crime? Not to create crime? Not to entrap conservatives, right? But this is what they're doing? An entrapment of a whole new level? Or did they have something even more sinister to, um, I guess, in the back of their mind. Now, we saw the FBI under James Comey try to frame Trump, right, with the fake dossier. And, and they went after Michael Flynn on fake charges, right? And when that, when that case got, you know, tossed out. And, <laughs> you know, we saw the, the links that that even a Colonel Vindman, right, an, an, an officer, used, and he tried to distort a perfectly, um, perfect call with the, the Ukrainian president to say that Donald Trump, you know, engaged in a quid pro quo deal with the Ukrainian president um, to, to find, I guess, negative information on Joe Biden, right? When that Ukrainian president said, what quid pro quo? I mean, wouldn't... In order for a quid pro quo to work, wouldn't the person who's getting bribed know about the bribery? 
There was no bribery there whatsoever. And then we find out Joe Biden, you know, did his own quid pro quo there, and the Democrats just basically, you know, throw it out the window. Oh, that's not quid pro. That's just that's just old Joe talking, right? And the question about Hunter Biden getting paid hundred and eighty something thousand dollars a month for from a Ukrainian company that his father set up, right? And um, that he has no skill in speaking any type of Ukrainian language. And on top of that, he has no skill of energy whatsoever. And he gets paid $180,000 a month just for what? I mean, exactly for what? And something's up, right? Something is really, really up. So we've seen the lengths that the FBI will go to, the, the, the um, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats will go to, Fauci. Again, the lengths that he has gone to to actually you know, destroy our country. Um, and I'm not sure if he did that on purpose or not, but that's the result. I mean, he actually helped create this whole bat coronavirus problem that we have. This China virus, that's basically you know, part of Fauci's fault. Like it or not, right? Um, the question is that, was it intentional or was it accidental? Was he trying to do a good thing and it, and it just ended up being a bad thing? One way or another, a lot of the fingers are pointing toward him and he knows it. He really knows it. And if we would have followed, and well, I'm sorry, I'll back up there. We did follow. Because we followed his advice that hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, and zinc, and a lot of other treatments didn't work for covid a lot of people in America died. A lot of people across the world died. And now we're getting pushed on a vaccine. And again, I'm not anti-vax because, again, I support the vaccines. I even took it myself, right? But now we're telling everyone that kids should be vaccined and pregnant women should be vaccined with an experimental drug out there, an exper experimental vaccine, which is, again, even though I love the mRNA technology, if a person believes that it's not for them, it should not be forced upon them whatsoever. If they want to be a, be like a conspiracy person and believe, hey, I don't want 5G in my body, that's their thing. Let them believe that. So don't force it on them. But it doesn't mean that because they don't believe it, their right should be taken away from them. And just because I think they're being a little conspiracy nut doesn't mean they're actually crazy. They just believe in something else. And who knows? Maybe they may be right later on and I have to have, and I have to remove the foot from my mouth. And I'm fine doing that, by the way. If I'm wrong, I'm fine actually being wrong. And I hope, you know, again, there's no ego here. I used to have an ego when I was a lot younger. But again, it's not all about being right. It's just about finding the truth. It's always just about finding the truth. And that's why I like to have a conversation with everyone, right? Because maybe I'm do heading down the wrong road. So now I'm going to transition into this, um, uh, topic here. I've been talking for a long time here. I want to talk about the Juneteenth. Juneteenth. Tomorrow, Juneteenth. Um, it's apparently it's a Juneteenth Independence Day. That's what the Democrats are labeling it because they're saying that, my God, this is when the, the slaves were freed on June 19th, right? That is, does that make any sense? I never heard about that. I never heard about that. Why are we celebrating this day? So I'm going to get into it right after these messages. Hope you tune back because it's going to be a really interesting conversation because uh, I did some research on this, right? And uh, because I didn't know anything about it. And uh, I don't think a lot of people who are celebrating June 19th know anything about it. And I tell you what, it's not about the end of slavery. Not at all. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. Hey everyone, hope you're back from that commercial break. I'm here ready to talk about Juneteenth. By the way, just to let you know, I'm not a white guy, alright? You know, stop sending me these emails accusing me of being a white guy. 
you know, I know I sound like a white guy, but I'm 100% chink, 100% yellow, okay? <laughs> my God, yeah, I got the slant eyes. Well, I don't really have slant eyes. Some of my friends do. Some of my relatives have really slant eyes. You know, um, you know, some of my, I swear, some of my relatives, I have, I question how they can see out of their eyes. And that's not a racist thing to say because, you know, their eyes are really, really, really slanted. And, uh, you know, when you, when they laugh or, or even when I look at them, I'm trying to figure out if they can actually see out through those eyes, those eyelids. You know, my eyes are very, you know, my eyes are pretty big button eyes, you know, and especially, uh, you know, um, I guess even when I laugh, they're not, they don't get that small. But, uh, you know, I do have that kind of Chinese angular look. If you ever see me in person, uh, you know, you definitely know that I'm Chinese. But a lot of people don't think it because I'm kind of tall. I'm six feet tall. Right now, I'm about mid 220, 225. It's a, it's a fit 220. I, say, I think it's a, I'll call it a fit fat 225 because uh, I'm not exactly as fit as I should be. This whole COVID stuff, I just, you know, during COVID, all I did was I lifted weights, I biked, and I made a lot of cookies. And I became a very good um, cookie baker. I was trying to make the perfect cookie uh, where I could, you know, uh, I, you know, I was trying to make this perfect cookie that had a lot of rise on it. And I kept experimenting on it. And, uh, you know, it took me a lot of trial and error. Finally, I got it. Um, but again, it took me a lot of cookies. And I ate all those cookies. And I gained a lot of weight. I think I gained about... I think I gained about a good 15, 20 pounds <laughs> during the lockdowns, and I have yet to lose it all. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. I get, I'm getting older, but again, I don't want to get too fat, right? I don't have this huge belly, like, you know, hanging over my waist at all. But, you know, if I eat the wrong thing or drink too much soda, it does, it does bulge. You know, when I see myself in these videos, when I take my, when I do my wedding videos, I see myself in front of the camera sometime and I say, Whoa, it's time to lose some weight there. <laughs> so, yeah, I should be around 205, 190. That's when I look my best. And that's when I'm pretty cut as well. But anyway, that's for another topic altogether. We'll talk about health and weight and weightlifting. Why do we talk about that? Because, um, you know, I love working out. I love exercising. I love weightlifting. Um, and uh, I have my opinion. I have my own techniques on how I do. So, uh, but let's talk again about this whole Juneteenth thing, right? So, here in Hawaii, uh, our dear leader, um, Governor David Ige, who's basically an idiot. Well, not even basically. He is an idiot, uh, an actual idiot. I think he's a certification. He's certified. In, I think he's a certified idiot. You know, if, if you would look up in the dictionary, and you probably find his um, picture there uh, if he figured out, figured out how to take a selfie. That, I mean, that's how dumb this guy actually is. So he's out there, um, I guess, signing, I guess, a... Uh, not a declaration, but I guess, uh, uh, I guess a way to, to signify to the rest of the world that Hawaii does recognize June 19th, but not as a holiday, right? He didn't sign it in as a holiday, but he did sign it in as, as a day that he would recognize. And um, he was encouraged to do this by a young girl, um, and I'm not going to say her name, but it's a young beautiful black girl, uh, or actually, no, she's black and white, so she's an Oreo, right? Black and white, that's what they, what they call them. And um, yeah, she's a, but she, you, you can tell she's a little, little black, but she's not totally black because her hair is, you know, it has the curly cues on there, but they're very, it's very nice, it's very nice and all that, right? But her nose is not as, you know, I guess, what do they call flat and fat? Like like mine, mine is flat and fat. I have the typical Asian flat and fat nose, which kind of is the more like a black nose, in fact. But, but you know, the Caucasian nose is very nice and sharp, right? And um, that's what she has. She has a nice, sharp nose, right? What can I say, right? It's not racist to say that blacks and Asians have kind of stubby, fat noses, right? We all kind of do. Some fatter than others. Some, some like, you know, thinner than others, right? That's just who we are. You know, own it, right? But um, yeah, so, so she has a nice thin nose and nice, um, I think, uh, like very, um, very, very good look. She's very, very pretty. Uh, nice body. Perfect. So she actually won the Hawaii, Miss Hawaii, no, Miss Hawaii, was it? Yeah, I think it was Miss Hawaii USA 2020. So this isn't the, um, the, the talent pageant, because I think there's a Miss America and a Miss USA. So she actually won the Miss USA version where you just have to be pretty. 
And she won the bikini contest, and she won the everything. And then she got to go up there to the, I think, to the mainland and compete for Miss USA, which is great. I don't think she won, but again, she's very beautiful. I would say she's a, you know, basically a ten. And whoever marries her is going to be very, very lucky. But anyway, part of her movement or her meaning of life was to actually get Juneteenth recognized. And、um, you know, here's here's the background to her. What I found out just you know by looking at her Instagram and some of her some of her bios on her her pageant page, you know, she is a very successful girl, and most of the, most of that success is because she works hard, and she also has incredible parents. Her her father is in the military. I think the mother is like you know maybe a military's wife, and they've traveled all around the world, um, and. Um, She was basically a military brat child, right? So, so she's a military brat, and again, that's very hard on a person because you can never make friends for a very long time in one area. You always have to pick up and move, right? But、um, again, these、um, her father looks like a very good man who has good morals in the military, and the mother looks very good as well. And the the father is black, and the mother is white. So, she, so again, she's like she's like Obama, half white, half black. And、um, she's also a mindset coach, and she also and on her mindset website or something like that,、uh, she believes in the American dream that if you work hard, you can accomplish anything. So, no, nothing, no complaint about her at all. So again, she's at this event of、um, because she put this together, and tears. I, I can see. I wasn't not sure for tears, but her eyes are watery, and you know, it looks as though she's、uh, ready to cry. But she's out there giving a speech about. You know that it's it's so important to recognize Juneteenth because this is how the healing process works. Now that's where it kind of triggered me because what healing process? Because this country, there was nothing wrong with it. You know we do we do have an ugly past, but that ugly past is way way back in the past, right? If this country were systemically racist, somebody like her would not be able to succeed. You know, and again, what she is preaching, again, if you work hard, you know, you can accomplish anything. That type of mantra, that that's the American dream. Well, that's not what is being preached by the critical race theory nuts and Black Lives Matter and also Antifa, right? Now, unfortunately, she's a little contradictory here, right? So I did a I did a little, little bit more research on her, and then she actually said that she supports Black Lives Matter. Now. Here's the thing. Black Lives Matter stands for everything against what she stands for. They stand against the nuclear family. So the mother and father that she has, the great mother and father that she has, they stand against that. They would rather have a community raise a child than the nuclear family. But you can't tell me that great father, that great mother helped raise this young great girl, right? They label Black Lives Matter. They label Caucasians, her mother, as evil. How do you like that? And they preach that America needs to be broken because it is systemically racist. That's what Black Lives, Lives Matter believes. You have to break the system so we can build it up to something else, right? So they also inspire, you know, violent riots to tear apart our cities. And let's not forget that Black Lives Matter. Has not done much with the billions of dollars that it's raised. Oh wait, one of the founders bought a lot of homes. Okay, so they did a little bit with the money, but you tell me how much money have they raised on the backs of the names of George Floyd, right? All these Tamir,、um, what was her name? Tamir. Anyway, I can't. I can't remember all their names. I had them all. All there. I probably get in trouble because I can't say their name. But again, you know, they said their name and they took all their money. You know, all those families right there are wondering, "Hey, where's our money? Where's our cut? You know, what have you done in our community?" You know, they inspired the people around there in the Minnesota to riot and loot their city, and did they spend? They raised billions of dollars, and what did they do with that money? Did they push it back into community programs for the black? Absolutely not. They used that money to organize more protests to break down more of our country. Because that's what they wanted. They are trained Marxists, and what did they do with the money? What did they do with the money? By the way, only some of their subchapters are five hundred one c threes. The main chapter is not. And then why did they? Why is it not a five hundred one c three? It's because 
if they were a 501c3, they would have to disclose how they're spending their money, how, what their salaries were, where exactly the money is going. But because they're a private corporation, they don't need to do that. So again, this young girl, she's coming to tears while David Ige is signing and recognizing you know, June 19th. But here's the thing. When I was looking at it, I'm saying it's so sad because this girl's so, so, you know, I, I mean, she represents kind of the cross-section of a lot of, of young black Americans right now where they only want to engage into symbolic gestures, you know, pulling down statues, celebrating Juneteenth, all these different marching and everything like that. But none of these symbolic gestures do anything to help out the community, especially where it needs, where they need to be changed, right? They, they all want to point the finger to cops, but let's not, you know, beat around the bush and just, you know, engage in some very, very tough reality talk that the black community right now, they suffer epidemically from broken families, you know, good parents. And if you don't have good parents, that child can lead a life of like, they can lead a gang life. They will find a home in the gangs. They will find love in the gangs. And when they do that, well, they just embrace a life of crime. And then eventually that leads to death. And unfortunately, recognizing June 19th, you know, does nothing to remedy this vicious cycle. Absolutely nothing. So what is Juneteenth? Okay, so I didn't hear about this at all. And I think in school we weren't talked about it. And apparently now we are being told that this is Independence Day for the African Americans, that this is the day that slaves were finally freed in America. Well, this isn't true at all. You know, you know the... You know, the slaves were not freed overnight. It was not freed um, on June 19th. In fact, there were still pockets of slavery, you know, going, I think, over in Kansas and some certain, certain area, I think Missouri or some other, some other states um, that didn't get the message, even though the Civil War um, was lost. Uh, I guess uh, that the South, the, the Confederates lost the Civil War. I mean, it was a huge, the, here's the thing with my thing, is that, what happened on June 19th? Well, on June 19th, on 1865, I'm going to explain this from the whole beginning, okay? So on June 19th, 1865, the Union Army General, um, who went by this name of Gordon Granger, or I think Gordon Granger or Gordon Granger, I'm not sure how to say his last name, he announced basically that the slaves were now free in Texas, okay? This is in 1865. Now, this is kind of interesting. So what did he say? What did he actually say? So now, all he did was read something called the General Order Number 3, which was just a transmission of President Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation. Right? And when was President Lincoln's uh, Emancipation Proclamation signed and then enforced? On, now, on September 22nd, 1862. Again, when did June 19th happen? The so-called Juneteenth, eighteen sixty-five. So there's a difference of three years. So the Emancipation Proclamation happened three years beforehand, and finally Texas is getting the message right. And the truth is that as the Confederate um, as the um, as a um, uh, as the Confederates lost the war, not all of the states fell. All right, some people didn't get the news that their commander in chief had actually surrendered. And um, there were still pockets of, uh, of, of, um, of holdouts here and there. So it was not as though the war ended exactly on that day, all right, at, at the end of the Civil War. But just to let you know that it took a while for slaves to get, you know, for, for slavery to actually end. I mean, technically, it started with Lincoln declaring war on the South, all right? And let's not forget that the link that Lincoln and the Union Army were all Republicans. And let's also not forget it also took hundreds of thousands of white Americans dying to free the slaves. Let's not forget about that because those lives should be remembered. The African African American community should thank those men and women who gave their lives to actually die for them, to actually save them from slavery, to free them from slavery, all right? 
So when you talk about reparations, it's kind of weird when I hear people say they want reparations for a person from, now it usually comes from a person who never suffered from slavery and they want it from a white person who never owned a slave and then may have heritage to a person who actually may have fought in the Civil War who freed the slaves. So you want reparations from a, possibly from a white guy who, whose ancestors helped free the slaves and you want reparations for that because he helped free you. He never owned a slave, he helped free you. <laughs> right? And what are the odds of that happening? Well, pretty good actually because only 1.4 to 7% of all Americans, all Americans owned slaves back then. 1.4% to 7%. They're not sure, but it's anywhere between or it could be at the most 7%. That's still not that much, right? It's not something like, you know, America was built on slavery and 100% of Americans owned slaves back then, right? And by the way, many of this is counting, not just Americans when they count this, but also the Indians, the Native Americans, they also owned slaves. And they also enslaved other tribes back then too, just to let you know. Yes, the Native Americans practiced slavery. Slavery is not exclusive to the African Americans. Not at all. Not, not at all. All right? So what's happening right here, what Juneteenth is, all it signifies is when Texas, just Texas, said that we're done with slavery. That's it. You know, and because they were a southern state that was way, way out there, not really engaged in the, too much in the war, they were still operating with, you know, they still were operating in slave mode, right? They really didn't get the message too much, right? And finally, finally, on June 19th, 18, 1865, the Union, the Union Army General Gordon Granger, right, goes in there and then he says, the Union Army is here and we're, we're basically going to enforce the law, so you better stop with your slavery in Texas. So this right here is just Texas. And again, other states followed after Texas and before Texas. Texas is just another state. And in fact, I don't think it was as big as the Texas that we know today. It was still very, very small. All right? Now, the question is that I have is that why all of a sudden is there a holiday for Juneteenth? Now, if we were going to celebrate the end of slavery, why don't we celebrate hmm, maybe the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation or maybe the end of the Civil War or the beginning of the Civil War or how about the signing of the 13th Amendment, right? These are much bigger, I think, I think uh, more qualified dates, right, to actually say that those dates actually brought upon the end of slavery. Other than June 19th, which really isn't that significant. Why don't we celebrate the other days where slavery ended in the other states, right? There's all different dates. June 19th is just the state, is just the date that Texas said that slavery is no longer valid in, in, our, in our state, right? That's it. But the, and my theory is that the Democrats, they want to basically take control of this whole slavery narrative. They want to they want to come out and say that, hey, look at us. We are the anti-slavery party. We are the one who are who's out there to reform this. You know, we're on your side, the woke side. You know, we're on the George Floyd side. We're on the defund the police side. We're on the Black Lives Matter side, right? And <laughs> and this is just one of the talking points right now. Unfortunately, it's not I mean as it's not that day, it's not Independence Slave Day or something like that, what they want to call it. They're calling June 19th Independence Day. It's not. Slavery, the end of slavery was very complicated. It took a war. It took death. It took amendments to the Constitution, right? It just didn't end on June 19th. It took a lot of things. And it took Union soldiers enforcing the law in all of these states. Right, these Confederate states that fell, the Union soldiers had to go into these states and even, and then enforce the the fact they had to enforce these slave owners to not use their slaves to free them. So it just you know the June nineteenth was just it's not even close to quote unquote Independence Day. And to me, it's just about the Democrats trying to steal 
the narrative of, I guess, what do we say? They're trying to wear the hero, the, the, the superhero cape of the superhero who rescued the blacks from slavery. When the truth is, it was the Democrats that enslaved the blacks. The Democrats created the KKK party, just to let you know. Just to let you know, right? Back in the day, you know, the KKK and Democrat Party, they were hand in hand, people. Hand in hand, all right? And the Democrats, by the way, were the party of the South. The Republicans took over and then the Democrats went north. I I did read an article about that, but it's kind of weird how everything kind of switched. Because the North was very much... You know, anti-slavery, free speech, and everything like that. And there's just a shift. There is a complete shift. So, now you know more about Juneteenth, June 19th. Um, Are you going to celebrate it? Hey, if you do, that's fine. You know, but know what you're celebrating, right? Know what you're celebrating. That's all I have to say. You know, and again, from from my point of view, hey, you know what? It's just going to become another day where, you know, people will just eventually, you know, say, oh, that's, you know, Juneteenth or whatever like that. It would just be another day on top of the, uh, I guess, I guess right on top of the calendar that, you know, you just, it just bypasses. Because, you know, Christmas is kind of like that too, right? You know, New Year's Day is kind of like that. Um, even September 11th is kind of like that. I mean, you know, before I remember for my couples, you know, for the longest time, couples did not want to get married on September 11th, right? And some of them didn't even want to get married on, I think, um, I think it was a December 7th or something like that for like World War II. But, you know, eventually no one cared. So I have couples who booked on, book on September 11th. You know, I have couples who book on all different types of dates, you know, and even dates of like um, that are very significant to have a very like a, you know, a massacre may have hurt have happened on that day of something like that. And again, they don't care and they shouldn't care because, you know, we have to stop living in the past. We really, really have to stop living in the past, complaining about the past, and you know, getting angry about the past because the past is the past and we can't change anything about it, right? That's the problem with the Democrat Party and many of the um, people, I guess, who, who um, I guess, abide by all of their rules. You live in the past, get angry about the past, hold on to the past, don't let it go. You know, they get you very, very angry and then... Overworry about the future. That's global warming, right? You, you want to say, oh man, on this side you have all the racists and everything like this and white supremacy that happened in the past. And on the future you have, you have to worry about global warming and just worry about those two. Don't worry about what's happening in the present because what is happening in the present? Gas prices are going up. The economy is going down. Um, unemployment is going up, you know, and unemployment is going up because Joe Biden keeps forcing, you know, um, stimulus money unemployment money onto working able-bodied people who find it more profitable to stay home and watch Netflix than to go to work, right? You know, he doesn't want you to worry about the rising prices in meat, aluminum, lumber. You know, we're getting most of our lumber over there from Canada and Canada right now because, you know, you don't, you don't have Trump there saying that, hey, wait a minute, you shouldn't be jacking up the price in, on, um, on, on lumber, you know, Joe Biden is sitting home doing nothing, trying to remember the date, trying to remember his name, you know, trying to push false narratives. Did you see him on the news the other day? Um, he was over there, I think, in the G... What, what the hell do they call it? The G7, G20, or whatever. I forgot what they call it right now. They keep adding nations to this, like, economic forum, quote-unquote economic forum, held by leaders who know, who know nothing about economics. But here's the thing. He, he comes out there, I think the re, this reporter kind of leads him, I think the question she asked him about was about Vladimir Putin, Black Lives Matter, and also um, the insurrection. And Putin made a very good comment about, you know, a Black Lives Matter. He didn't want a group like Black Lives Matter um, in, coming into his nation because Black Lives Matter just ruined, he saw Black Lives Matter tear apart the whole United States, which was 100% true. And then he said that insurrectionists were not all not that bad because you know, they went in there, you know, with a political agenda not to kill anyone. They weren't there to kill anyone. They weren't. And then he said, hey, what about Ashley Babbitt? You know, she's the one who got killed by the, by the police officer, right? He asked some pretty legitimate questions. And what does Joe Biden have to say? He said, 
you can't compare the two because on one hand, you have Black Lives Matter, which is a very peaceful protest group. Peaceful? Really? Black Lives Matter? I don't think so. And then you have someone like the, the um, domestic terrorist, like the insurrectionist, who killed a Capitol Police officer. Killed a Capitol Police officer. That's what he said. He lied. But here's the thing. I, I started thinking, does he know he lied? I don't think he does. Because guess what? That was an old narrative. That was a narrative that was put out closer to January 6th. Right when they when they were withholding how this police officer died, and they found out later he died from natural causes. He just happened to die after, but he died of natural causes. He was never hit on the head by an extinguisher. They put his body and rest in the rotunda, and all these you know rhinos and Democrats took pictures next to him, all for a photo op, saying. This is what happens when some, you know, these insurrectionists came in here and attacked a police officer. They even said his name, invited his family on, on the, on these, on the, to these NFL football games. It was horrible. All of it was a mirage because they know the truth. They withheld his autopsy until it finally had to get leaked out that he died of natural causes. So that narrative that he got killed by the insurrectionists was basically kaput, dead. They had lied. They got caught in a lie. But again, the, the Democrats and the media doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. All what matters is Trump is out of office, right? But here comes Joe, you know, bringing up that old fake news. He is, is he stuck in January 6th? Or is he trying to pass off? Is he trying to get away with a lie because he thinks he can? I don't know. You know, either way, it's not good that he's trying to lie to you on purpose. Or is he doesn't, does he know that he's currently in June and he's pushing an old lie told in January. <laughs> you know, it could be either or, either or. It, it doesn't matter because they're both bad. All right, people. I better finish this podcast up because I need to get to bed. It was fun. Really a lot of fun. I'll catch you around.